All-Ireland final in 2018. Watched it in Cook Park and I thought I was going to throw up. Like, it just, it was a horrible feeling. You wanted to win, but you just felt like, oh my God, if, if they do win, they haven't been there. Like, is it worth it being over here? Subscribe to the OTBGAA podcast feed wherever you get your podcasts. OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar. Jasmine Baba is with us to analyse last night's game. We didn't realise when we booked you, Jasmine, that you're actually an Arsenal fan, I think. Yes, I unfortunately am. Well, we are surrounded by uh, sorry Arsenal fans this morning. Sad ones indeed. Um, what, what, when you were watching the game, how hopeful did you get? Uh, I think I'm a lot more realistic than the average fan and... Some people may say that I'm pessimistic because I have that realistic view, but you have to realise Man City are uh, champions of the English Premier League so many times, have so much world-class quality. Um, Even when we made it back to 1-1, I was still very, very um, anxious for the game to be over in that way. Obviously, we lost 3-1 and... um, the way it panned out, the way it went down is something I didn't really expect. Um, not the result, but the way both teams played. Um, I didn't think that the way it would come about would be in the way it did. Um, especially how slightly, I think toothless is a bit too harsh, but it did feel a little bit like that for Arsenal in front of goal. And that I, the problem is, it's been two games, prior games to this game, where Arsenal have looked like that, which is a bit worrying for me. Okay, there's a lot to unpack there. Uh, maybe we'll start with the City side of things, because um, City had picked a team against Villa at the weekend that people were like, well, this is very interesting. Is this showing disrespect to Villa? Is it just trying to overwhelm them to try and get the club back on the right track after all of the stuff that had happened, including uh, Pep? bodying Steven Gerrard randomly in a press conference out of nowhere and then having to apologise for it afterwards which was just an interesting little wrinkle to the whole thing but then he picks largely the same team or certainly the same shape of a team in the biggest game of the season so he was obviously trying stuff out Uh, did it work against Arsenal in that first half having Bernardo Silva in the position he was in? Uh, No that was actually Man City's biggest weakness Um, he Bernardo Silva couldn't completely defend Bukayo Saka. We know Bukayo Saka is talented, technical, can get around his man pretty fast through dribbles and pretty good in those one-to-ones. And um, the way Pep Guardiola put him in that position and had to deal with especially those 1v1s definitely um, made City vulnerable. Um, And I think that's particularly where the game was won in the second half. Um, the change for um, Mara's coming off for Akanji, Akanji going to centre back, Ake to left back, and Bernardo Silva to push up higher on the wing was definitely the experience and stability that City needed to take over that game. Because yeah, Bukayo Saka was definitely um, being quite troublesome for Bernardo Silva, especially in that first half, and that's where most of Arsenal's chances or semi chances came from. I feel though, Jasmine, like Pep Guardiola has almost been the architect of his own downfall when it comes to that left-back position because you look at Cancelo going to, to Bayern Munich, you, you, you even look to Zinchenko last night as well in the Arsenal team and you think he had options there and, and he's got rid of them. So 
really Bernardo Silva left back you say it didn't work and it didn't work but um, really Pep has only himself to blame yeah I mean I don't really understand I think for everyone especially the Cancelo move to Bayern Munich shocked a lot of people it came out of nowhere we know Cancelo was not getting minutes and you could see the frustration on why Cancelo wouldn't get minutes when a decision like last night came about um instead of just playing Cancelo. There's been other moments in the season where he should have probably been getting more minutes. And especially compared to last season where he was basically a starter, it, it didn't make much sense. Um to sell both Zinchenko and Gabriel Jesus to Arsenal um as well is quite baffling. Um, obviously, they won last night, so I'm not going to delve too much of if it was the right decision or not. But it definitely has made Arsenal stronger and definitely given them the depth that they could have used. Um, the reason why Bernardo Silva gets used in that left back is because Guardiola kind of sees... Um, players' technical abilities to put them in certain roles rather than positions. So he likes, um, he's done it before with Bernardo Silva with the inverted kind of wing back because you come into the middle of the pitch more and he has more qualities to come into the pitch and start playing. But last night, if you're having to def- also defend someone like Bukayo Saka, um, yeah, that can be quite a difficult task. And had that failed, that definitely would have been on Pep Guardiola's decision making on that night. Yeah, because, uh, you know, Bukayo Saka, he's, he's pretty famous. Everybody kind of knows the athletic profile, the talent that he's capable of. It, it doesn't feel like it's a good matchup. So uh, it's, um, it's a high wire act that Pep was engaged in last night. And eventually he does make the change. As soon as he makes the change, is there an impact? Um, yes, it completely stabilizes the team on how they could play out um, and how quickly they could progress the ball. It's not. Quite often that we get to say Man City had less of the ball and had as many chances, more high quality chances than Arsenal. Um, and the way they kind of dictated that kind of pace and level of technical ability was um, quite frightening after they made that change. They looked a lot more stabilised, a lot more comfortable, even when they didn't have the ball. And that's quite terrifying. You don't want to give that Man City team, you don't want to give Pep Guardiola that sort of confidence. Um, and it's quite telling that despite all these changes, despite all these um, tactical going-ons on the match last night, a lot of those goals were decided by errors and um, individual decision-making in that certain point of play. And that kind of stability that Man City had pushed Arsenal into these mistakes. Um, and that's probably the biggest, biggest aspect of last night and how that change can make a whole impact all over the pitch. Because if they're able to suddenly push Arsenal into these um, chaotic areas where they can't make the right decisions or they delay making a decision and they win the ball off them or, you know, dispossess them in some sort of way and never allowed to progress that quickly, you see what we saw last night. It wasn't the best kind of made-up goals that came from City. It came from errors. And even... The goal City conceded, the penalty they conceded was an error on the day. This 3-2-2-3 formation, uh, Jasmine, that that, uh, Pep uh, plays in possession, 
you look at some of the players last night who were brilliant, unexpe- uh, expectedly brilliant. You look at Haaland, you look at De Bruyne, uh, Ruben Diaz at the back was excellent as well. And I'm thinking about someone on the bench like Phil Foden. All the talk around the World Cup was, why isn't Phil Foden in the England team? And now, this far out from the World Cup, we're thinking, why, why can't he get into this Manchester City team? Is it a formation thing? Like, like, I mean, he seems to be at the prime part of his career. He's 22 years of age and yet can't get a sniff at the minute for City in a starting team. We've lost Jasmine there. It's frozen. Yeah, it's frozen. We'll get, we'll get that back. It is really interesting, isn't it? Um, it's also interesting that uh, as soon as he scores, Grealish is hiked off. It's like oh. punishment substituted. But it's like, and he almost takes off his jersey as well. He was already on a yellow, <coughs> and he was like, he thought about taking off his shirt for like half a second. I don't know how he had the presence of mind to like, no, if I'm going to get sent off here. It was his most complete performance, um, and I thought he was excellent. You see, there's a difference in, in Jack Grealish at, at Villa and at City. The work rate, he probably has to work harder at City. I think the work rate at Villa was, it was really intense. Yeah, it was it, good. It was, it was, so look, John McGinn was obviously sensational whenever um, he was there as well. And anytime you forget to mention John McGinn, the Villa fans, oh, ah, but he like the, he was getting the ball all the time yeah, and expected yeah. to, to do stuff. It's, it's a little bit like Bruno when there was no manager at United mm. he was expected to do everything and people were like well what is it? and now there's a manager there you're like ooh this is in a structured environment it's pretty good a bit of um, organisation helps um, I don't know like even Pep's um, Pep's interview after the match last night he was, he was asked about the, the change the Akanji change and he said uh, was that the moment at which you started playing better and he was like oh no 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 we, we started playing better before that and it, but it wasn't that was the turning point and Bernardo Silva just wasn't working he's not going to admit anything is he? no of course his attitude even the press conference or the, the post-match interview I'm just like this man has an air of, and even Laro said it on the show last night with Joe. It's like just, when he walks into a press conference, there's an air of I'm the smartest man in the room, and that's just what you get with Pep Guardiola. Yeah, and look, here's the thing: maybe this uh, Bernardo Silva left wing back is setting up something later on in the year, and maybe it's like we have to win because if they win the league this year, they don't really care. I mean, it, it's yeah. important, but like they've got to win the Champions League. They've signed the best striker in world football. They've added it to a team that's won five out of the last six Premier League. It's like this. These games obviously really matter because it reasserts the big dog. Mm. We are the big dog. You are not the big dog. <laughs> you might think you're the big dog. You're behaving like it, but you ain't. We are. Yeah. Well, last night, last night's result was only essentially if you're if you're talking about Arsenal being too up for this game, it's because they've not, never been in this position before. Well, it's not. I, it's not that they were too up for it because you, you, you know whatever whatever. I'd love to see a good sports psychologists explain exactly here, 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 and here. They're letting the situation get to them as opposed to. It, you know they're not rising to the occasion mm. they're becoming overwhelmed a bit by the occasion is what it felt like looking at it and uh, Arteta didn't help I didn't think but anyway you were asking a question yeah sorry Jasmine I just asked about Phil Foden um, I, I, like essentially how can't he get into this city team and is it formation based I don't believe it's formation based I think it's more it's tactical approach I think Foden is so talented, so um, technical, and I think last night he was more based for. Um, I think Man City probably game plan was they expected not to have the ball that much or gave Arsenal the ball, and Foden wouldn't have um, flourished as much as he would have last night. And I expect him, I think they're also taking it a little easier on him because he's still very young, Um, especially with the Champions League run coming up. They want him fresh and ready for that because he does offer something completely different to Grealish Mahrez. 
And then Grealish Mahrez are a little bit more faster than him, um, a little bit more direct. And I think last night especially, and a few of their um, past few games, they've needed more of that more than they've needed of, of Foden. And because Grealish Mahrez are more towards PK, so between 25 and 29 towards that kind of level, they're more consistent in their performances. And that's why at times they give Foden a little bit of a uh, breather. And we also don't know how exactly he performs in training. So Mm. that could be something else. He might not have looked as sharp as the others in training and that might have gone towards his decision of him not playing. How did Arsenal play? From a a tactical perspective, uh, you know, they they had opportunities, they created chances, they missed those chances. And, um, you know, I'm definitely... In, I'm looking at the result and I'm looking at the emotions but from a technical and tactical perspective and from an analytical perspective Jasmine how did Arsenal play last night? To be fair they didn't play that badly we've seen them in top six games and they've performed a lot better and one of the best teams in the Premier League against the other top six teams um, compared to anyone else so I don't think they played that badly they were very stable um, not very risk averse. And I think it's more telling about their last three games rather than this single one in particular. Um, and it's the fact that they are missing a link up striker, someone with a bit more box presence, possibly. And when they have more of the ball, um, because Inketia is more suited to, um, running from deep, and um, just more direct play, he hasn't been able to establish himself when Arsenal have more of the ball. He doesn't link up with Martinelli on the left as well. And we're seeing that a lot uh, lot of the times Martinelli gets subbed off rather than a changing uh, with Ninketia. So you get a lot of these games where they have quite a few goal attempts, but they're either not put on target or they're not big cha- bigger chances to begin with. So, for instance, last night they had 10 shots, but only one on goal. Expected value in total was 1.5. That's about average expected goals for goal, um, goal chance. But the fact that the only shot on target was the penalty is really, really uh bad it's a really bad performance and it was like this against Everton as well where they had a high um a high percentage of uh goal attempts but none on target or less on target sorry and that can point to as I said a couple of things either the players aren't getting into the space for bigger chances but their xg is kind of normal so it's not so much that but more that the quality that they're lacking um, the quality and the ages you need to perform at a high level consistently is lacking. So as well as Nketiah has done with Gabriel Jesus being out, I think he's a bit like Martinelli in, time, in terms of style of play, that you need something different. You need a Gabriel Jesus because their link-up play is worse. And you're not getting into these spaces to get goals on target, to have big chances. And now they've only scored two goals in their last three games. So 
it's just kind of suffering. Against Brentford as well, you're expected, even though we've had the whole VAR controversy, you're expected to score more than one goal against Brentford. And that is the part that I don't think Arsenal really thought about. And I feel like if they had more of a box present striker, someone who can goal hang in the box, who can create space for others and as well as themselves, um, and someone who can link up play and lay off passes for his teammates, they would be in a better position. But they don't have that. They have Nketiah. So what they can do is kind of play how they did against Manchester United, despite them having um, more possession than the other team, more of their attacks were kind of not counter-attack focused, but based more on faster transitions, which Eddie Nketiah excels at, but they don't really, they didn't really play with that last night and instead got stuck and their way of playing and their they actually took a risk in the way that they wanted to break through City's lines, um, which got them stuck every now and then. Okay. Um, but that is why Inketia um has not excelled as much as he should be as in a replacement and as currently the only single lone striker there. All right, Jasmine, great to have you with us this morning. Thanks so much for joining Thank us. Cheers. So OTB AM with Gillette. Get into your flow with the new Gillette Labs Razor with exfoliating bar.